uncle said we're up here for the holiday. Jane and I were having solstice. Now we need a place to stay. And her Christ-loving uncle watched his wife hang Mary on a tree. He watched his son hang candy canes all made with red dye number three. He told his niece it's Christmas Eve. I know our life is not your style. She said Christmas is like solstice, and we miss you. And it's been a while. So the Christians and our pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground the best that they were able. Just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said, sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses. Great. The tree plugged in. The meal had gone without a hitch. Till Timmy turned to Amber and said, "Is it true that you're a witch?" His mom jumped up and said, "The pies are burning." And she hit the kitchen. And it was Jane who spoke. She said, "It's true. Your cousin's not a Christian." But we love trees. We love the snow. The friends we have. The world we share. And you find magic from your God. And we find magic everywhere. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground that best that they were able. Now where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning. 'Cause now when Christians sit with pagans, only pumpkin pies are burning. Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> This is your community spirit. Show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again: the circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of, Mer- of Mother Earth. <laughs> This is your community spirit on your community radio, WDBX ninety-one point one FM. My name is Tree Song. I found that. Song pretty interesting because we're talking about multiculturalism and multi-religion in a time of great strife in the world. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of fighting in a lot of places over different beliefs, different backgrounds, but we can learn. We can learn to get along, you know. Um, actually, I, you know, because we have this radio show, I get a chance to get books every once in a while to review them. And this morning, I woke up. You could say God awful early, <laughs> and re- started reading this book that I received.、Um, it's called Postgrid, an Arizona EMP Adventure, and this was what I liked about this book is that multiculturalism. There, first of all, it's set basically the whole world stops anything electronics. So for most people, that is the whole world. Whole <laughs> world, yeah.、Um, It follows a nurse that's working in the hospital, when literally everything in the hospital quits working, including the emergency generators,、yeah. which normally continue to operate. And then, to make it even worse, an airplane crashes into the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And so, following her, and then it follows、um, two dads and their kids who are who are、um, camping out in the woods. In like learning, kind of not really survival techniques, but learning some of that stuff.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I really find interesting about this book is it follows.、Um, so the two dads, one of、um, them is、uh, ultra orthodox、uh, 
religious rabbi. Yeah. And then the other one is a Latino. And then they end up founding a little town. And then there's this whole thing where the Mormons are all going by in wagons and they stop and have like a party. This is like after everything falls apart. Yeah. And so it's it was very interesting to me to read this book about a lot of different religions and a lot of different people learning to work together in a post-apocalyptic way. Yeah. And I just finished reading it this morning, so that just (laughs) popped in my mind. Yeah. What was the name of the book again? Um, It is called Post-Grid, an Arizona EMP Adventure. (laughs) And EMP is... um, Yeah, electromagnetic pulse. There you go. (laughs) And it turns out like um, all of the northern hemisphere gets blanketed by a nuke that explodes in the atmosphere and knocks it out. (laughs) Yeah. So... Sounds like a good story. And if we're really lucky, we might learn to do all of that intercultural cooperating before the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a part of this is um, these people all end up in this little town in, you know, in Arizona where a lot of the people are kind of survivalist. Yeah. And so it was very interesting for me also in the middle of desert how these people are learning to live. I mean, they have water because mm-hmm. there's a town. Yeah. But they have to, you know, get the old windmill water pump working again and, you know, they have to, um, you know, get stuff. They can't grow much, but it is, you know, luckily summer, so they do grow a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, how they prepared for winter. And um, I read a lot of these kind of books. I kind of like, you know the idea of the world falling apart. I mean, that's the theme of our show. It's like (laughs) the end of the world as we know it. How do we still keep going? How do we make the world better? Yeah. How do I feel fine even if it's the end of the world as we know it? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you would like more information, it's um, called Post Grid. Yeah, Post Grid. And it is for sale on Amazon as of November 30th, so... Yeah. And I've actually had this for a couple of weeks and I just haven't had the chance to read it. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. But now I've read it and I want to thank the author for sending it to me cuz it was actually very moving. I don't think it's completely the lack of sleep this morning, but uh-huh. it's very moving. Postgrid. Postgrid. And I mean it's it's written from people who have experience on um not really surviving, but um living yeah you know um in a way that makes it so that you don't have to rely on the whole system all the time yeah and those so, are good skills to have yeah <laughs> so all right so let's get into some of the news today here's a story union county board of commissioners here's message to protect people and the environment an impassioned message to protect people and the environment was shared last week at a regular meeting of the Union County Board of Commissioners. The message was voiced following reports that a drilling rig had made what was reported to have been a short-lived appearance in mid-November on property near Anna. Nearly 50 people were on hand for this session. Now, I, I don't know if you know Union County, but I haven't been to their board meetings, but I imagine they don't usually get 50 people coming out to a, a average board meeting. Well, you don't get that at any board meeting. Yeah. They're called bored for a reason. Yeah, you get bored there. Not at this one, though. Nearly 50 people, social media was reported to have played a big role in the large turnout for the meeting. Many of those at the meeting shared their concerns about the potential impacts that a drilling operation 
and the related issue of hydraulic fracturing could have uh, uh, on Union County's environment. Fracking opponents said that the process utilizes vast quantities of water and creates wide-ranging environmental hazards. Union County resident Tabitha Tripp voiced her concerns about the drilling operations. Tripp has been spearheading local opposition to drilling and fracking operations. She asked the commissioners what action they could take to protect the county and the people who live in the community. Tripp said that she thinks such operations in Union County violate the community's right to a healthy environment. She particularly focused on the impact of drilling, work on well water, and the Cache River watershed in Union County. Now, that's one thing that people often don't think about. You know, you're on your own piece of land, and you're like, oh, I'm going to drill, I'm going to inject all these chemicals. But if it's part of the Cache River watershed, that's going to affect everything. You know, if that water gets contaminated, it will it may carry over to the whole Cache River watershed. Now, I don't know, because this was there was 50 people in the room, probably mostly against this, but the county board chairman, Don Denny, said that the commissioners would be willing to discuss the matter further. The response was greeted with applause. Yeah. <laughs> county Commissioner Dale Russell voiced his appreciation to Tripp. Russell says concerns about water issues were also being raised in neighboring Johnson County. Yeah. So, and on water issues... Speaking of water. <laughs> yep. Antarctica is melting away faster than ever. I actually just on um, Tuesday saw a presentation on someone who had gone to Antarctica about 15 years ago. And it was like phenomenal pictures oh. and very detailed information about it all. Yeah. And they weren't... Uh, what do you call it? They said, you know, the majority of the ice on Antarctica is on land. Yeah. Which the majority of ice in the world is floating in the water. So that means the water is already as high as it's going to go. But if the ice on land melts, that raises the water level. Yeah, that's when we get really big trouble with so. sea level rise. A new report from NASA and UC Irving confirms again that Antarctica is melting away. The scientists use observations from four different techniques to measure the amount and change in rate of ice loss from a region in West Antarctica. This area is already known for melting at an astonishing rate. A recent study using Cryostat 2, I suppose that's a satellite, right? Uh, yeah. Showed that in the period from 2010 to 2013, the region was losing ice to the tune of 134 Billion metric tons of ice per year. I can't even comprehend like one billion metric tons. Yeah. Let alone 134 billion metric tons. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, (laughs) wait, you sure? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, here they talk about how the the average increase, not not the loss itself, but the increase in the amount of loss, is 6.1 billion tons every year. Dang. So to give you a sense of how big that is, like. Imagine a block of ice a mile wide, a mile long, and a mile high. Yeah, you, I can't imagine that. You know, okay, that's, that's like the size of a mountain. It's like the board cube. Okay, from basically Trek, half you know? of Carbondale covered with ice a mile high. Yeah. Imagine I mean, that. Carbondale is like two miles wide by two miles approximately, right? Yeah. So half of the city completely covered with ice a mile high. Yeah, imagine what that is like. That weighs something less than six billion tons. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I imagined it and then it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. And that's just how much it's increasing per year. That's not how much is melting. That's the increase in melt. Oh, man. We got a lot of melting ice down there. 
So Antarctica is melting fast. That is a serious issue because that will, of course, raise the sea level. And something like 80% of people live near the water. Yeah. So, and this isn't some natural variation. It's not sunspots. It's not the Earth's orbit changing. I wish it was. <laughs> it's us. Wait a second. It's all on us. <laughs> Man, why do we always have to be the ones that cause things? Yeah. These changes aren't happening on geological or astronomical time scales. Well, I mean, they're happening on human time scales. But no, I mean, it's fast, yeah. not oof, slow. Like, yeah, mean, it's faster than some people think. Like, you know, when they first thought of the idea, like maybe Antarctica is going to melt, they're just thinking, oh, you know, a few hundred years from now, Antarctica might melt. But that's a lot of ice flow there. The North Pole is draining away as well. So we're melting at both poles. Now, actually, um, the presenter who uh, talked about it 15 years ago said, you know, it melts in the, you know, in the summer, some anyway. Yeah. And you can actually, like, if you're away from Antarctica, you can see the water rising as it, like, melts and goes away. <laughs> yeah. In, in the summer, and then in the winter, it freezes back up and it goes back. So the water level actually, it's like looking uphill, because <laughs> there's fresh water as it's melting away. Yeah. So <laughs> now, I mean, you can see that, you know, you when you stream to go there in a ship, you're, sw you know, swimming uphill. Uphill, yeah. <laughs> uh, fresh water. And so it, it hasn't hit things, but it's working its way out. Yeah. That's and, pretty crazy. Yeah. It's like... Uphill water. So for decades we've played at geoengineering by accident. Now we know what we're doing and it's time we stop playing. The deniers may stick their fingers in their ears and ignore or distract or sow doubt about what's going around them. But the rest of us can hear what our planet is telling us well. What is it telling us? You screwed up. No, it's not. <laughs> Just not in so many words. <laughs> the science yeah. is in. The scientists agree. The global thermometer keeps rising ever upwards. After all this time, Mattingly, we're still at step one, acknowledging the problem. It's way past time we get past that and started doing something about it. What can you do about something? I mean, it's like way over on the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can change the things we do here that emit CO2 and other greenhouse gases. But that's work. Uh, yeah, it takes work. It takes time. It's I, I mean, why do we worry? I mean, it doesn't matter for us here. We're above sea level. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> we're well, we're going to be where all the refugees from the coast come. You know. Oh man, they're going to be like, I heard about this this cool college town <laughs> in the Midwest somewhere called Gardendale. Yeah, called by, Gardendale. Yeah, by then hopefully it'll be called. By then Gardendale. it'll be Gardendale, and we'll have millions of refugees living here. <laughs> oh man. So here's here's an interesting take on one way to deal with the situation turn your city into a swarm of robot farms <laughs> what well if we have all these people here we'll have zombie farms right yeah they'll zombie be like farms. oh <laughs> escaping if we have all those people we'll need a lot more food and so we may have to turn our cities into swarms of robot farms oh i thought you meant the people would become <laughs> the food <laughs> well hopefully we don't go down that route. yeah i don't want to do that that's because you're a vegetarian. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't eat humans. <laughs> Only I don't veggies. Think anybody does. Yeah. <laughs> turn your city into swarm of robot farms. Do we really want to do that? That's a good question. I, I mean, have questions about this article, but <laughs> we have a lot of underutilized space in the city. Yeah. 
And, I mean, we do have extra people who want jobs. I mean, we could start with just, like, enslaved labor and then work <laughs> our way up to robots. Yeah. <laughs> That's not funny? Yeah, well, a little bit. Well, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but then I worry we might actually do it, and then it gets a lot less funny. But, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things they could use the space for. They could use it for solar panels. They could do mobile dwellings in some of these unused areas. Uh, and urban farmers who could cultivate zucchini on vacant lots. Uh, often it doesn't get started because of the costs of setting up these enterprises are too high. And landlords may be worried about, like, you know, if if they set this up and then they change their mind and, you know, somebody buys the property. And yeah, that's happened to a lot of inner city gardens. Yeah, yeah, a lot of gardens have gotten taken down because they built this beautiful garden and then somebody sold the property out from under them. Right. So... This, this company has this idea of a solution that involves creating these lightweight modular gardens. They're kind of like little greenhouses that can be picked up and moved to a new location with minimal fuss. This company is called City Blooms. They're for the nooks, the crannies, the rooftops, said Nick, the founder and CEO of City Blooms. You can set it up in the parking lot and there's no permits. Wait a second. <laughs> All you need is a pocket of water. Land, some water, and an extension cord. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, like extension cord in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, it seemed like they need to put a solar panel on there. Yeah. <laughs> Just, that would be a better solution. <laughs> um, the city bloom units look like a cross between a greenhouse and a raised bed. They're minimalist in design, but there's a lot going underneath the hood. There are fans, sprayers, drains, pumps, and filters so that each unit can maintain just the right temperature and moisture levels. Huh. That's kind of good. Yeah. Farmers can control everything remotely from a tablet. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, I wonder if they can, you know, pick it too. Yeah. A cluster of 10 units over 400 square feet, about the size of a one bedroom apartment, can produce 60 pounds of vegetables a week. A about 80% greater water use efficiency than dirt farms. So these mini farms do require more energy than a conventional farm, but he thinks that makes up for the difference if you consider the energy required for transportation and cold storage. That's because city blooms produce can go directly to the eaters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you the go. eaters. <laughs> the robots and the eaters. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be very thankful for our robot caretakers. <laughs> So. so yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it's like a, a solve everything solution, but maybe in some cases you could have little greenhouses like this. The, no. Changing it to solar sounds like a really good idea too, because then you're not drawing on this grid power that is probably coming from coal and oil. Now that being said, they have a single working farm right now at Plantronics, a tech hardware company in Santa Monica. Santa Cruz, California, where City Blooms is based. And so, now City Blooms farmers harvest the units several times a week and move the produce to the company cafe via cargo bike. And the cost of the produce ends up being on par with farmer's market price. As a result, the company workers are able to eat veggies of unparalleled freshness. You know, so that's really good. I mean, I like, I always like the idea of local. Yeah. You know, even during Halloween, eat locals. Eat locals, yeah. <laughs> eat local brains. <laughs> Free range. <laughs> so, 
All right, so let's talk quickly about some gift ideas for the holidays. And we've got some happenings to get to, too. Oh, yeah. This is a really happening weekend. (laughs) Yeah. But nine green gift ideas for the holiday season. Well, the first one is not giving anything. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can give... The zeroth idea. (laughs) Well, but they always say the thought that counts, but nobody really means that. Yeah. (laughs) So, gifts that help conservation. We're wildlife fun... Yeah. National Wildlife Federation, Nature Conservancy, the Sierra Club. Locally we have Green Earth. Um Yeah. I I don't like district. I don't like supporting local and regional ones as much as possible. Especially because I just learned that the Nature Conservancy owns and operates an oil well. Really? <laughs> yeah, on their some of their land in Texas. <laughs> it's like so, ex- examples in our region include Hartwood, Friends of Bellsmith Springs. Shawnee, Sentinels, Rising Tide Chicago, and Green Earth. Yeah. So. So another thing you can do is minimalist gifts. Like, you know, if, if your friends don't want more stuff, you can give them experiences, like going to a wine tasting, bike tour, you know, having social outings with them. It doesn't have to be an item. It can be an experience. Well, like, I think um, I love cooking, so... Mm. Um, this is the first, I think I'll, I need to make some kind of fancy coupon that give to people and say, you know, if you ever want a good dinner, I'll come to your house. And I've done that a couple times and it's been fun. Yeah. You know, so, um, if you buy the stuff and it, and come up with the recipe or not, I mean, mm-hmm. but if there's a recipe you want made, I can cook it. Yeah. I have like the ability you have the power. Recycled or upcycled goods. If you're going to buy something, see if there is an upcycled or recycled version of it. Um, I actually yesterday went to Southern Recycling, and I don't know if you know this, but they have a whole store mm-hmm. of stuff they think is valuable enough to not be recycled. Yeah. <laughs> to be, what is it, upcycled. Upcycled, yeah. And I got a bunch of bins for storing all my tools and stuff in my truck. But, I mean, you can get a rain barrel there. You can get um, ice scrapers. You can get a lot of different containers, um, office chairs. I mean, they have a pretty substantial area, bigger than any of the thrift stores in town, yeah. where they set stuff aside. And, you know, most of it is phenomenally cheap. Mm-hmm. So, um now, I don't know if they have it in here, but one of the things that I've heard people doing is having a clothing swap. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a good you know? one. So. Maybe that would fall under this one. Gifts that will help cut down on waste. <laughs> if you swap clothing, you're not wasting by buying more stuff. <laughs> but yeah, these are things like, you know, salad containers, reusable snack bags, uh, dish, you know, Cloth dish towels. I mean, I I already use cloth dish towels. Do people just use paper towels just for drying their hands? Like, you know, reusable dish towels. Water filtration so you're not buying bottled water. I think the hardest thing for me is when I go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was growing up, my mom brought containers Yeah. if we ever went out to eat. And we'd, you know, like an old yogurt container or um, cottage cheese container, like... And we'd put that in there. Yeah. And I, I had the dilemma last night of, do I let the food go to waste or do I get a styrofoam container? Yeah. 
And I convinced someone else who was there to like take my food and put it with their food. Yeah. They're like, it's two kinds of food. I was like, okay, well, I'll let them throw it away. They're like, no, no. no, no. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Gifts that help cut down on energy use. Yeah. You can give all kinds of water or energy conservation saving tech that's fun to use and green. Learning thermometers or smart light switches can be a good choice for people who love gadgets. Yeah. And just to let you know, right now at Rural King, four compact fluorescent bulbs for a dollar. Hmm. It's a rebate from the state, and it's pre-rebated, so you don't have to mail the rebate in. Yeah, they've done it for you. <laughs> yeah. Gifts you can make yourself. That's another one. Get crafty. Make some arts and crafts. Get crafty. <laughs> <laughs> Candles, paper, goodies. I like, I personally like, um, bath salts. <laughs> you know. Food gifts. There are endless ways to give edible t- f- f- gifts. I think the, f- the favorite one I ever got was like a soup in a jar. It was like they layered different things in it. So it had like rice and beans and dried vegetables. And then I've seen ones where like it was, it was like, um, chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> And so it was like a mix. Yeah. But they layered it so it was beautiful, you know. So you put like a, they didn't buy a mix, they made a mix. Yeah. So they put like flour and a little baking soda and chocolate chips and sugar and it was all layered, you know. That sounds good. A little cinnamon in there and so, and then tied around the top of the jar was the recipe, you know. Yeah. Another one is growable gifts. Like if you don't want the robots growing all your food, (laughs) give someone a gift that they can grow. Gifts that help you get outside. Some gifts include membership in an outdoor club, sailing club, or kayaking group, rock climbing lessons, or climbing gym membership. I think locally, I think a good one for to give to families is a membership to the science center. Oh yeah, that's a that's good like idea. a museum, you know, for kids. So, mm-hmm. oh man, today is bathtub party day. <laughs> I need some, I need some bath salts. Yeah. Anybody want to come over? I've got a bathtub that'll hold like four or five people in it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> oh, and it's also, it's also repeal day when they repealed prohibition. So. All right. <laughs> I've got a, a bucket of alcohol yeah. too. So now you don't have to use your bathtub for making moonshine. You can take a bath <laughs> in there and drink to celebrate. <laughs> there you go. So. St. Nicholas Day is coming up. Uh, put on your own shoes day. I do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> just like. Letter writing day coming up on Sunday. I haven't written a letter in a while. It's been a couple months. I used to write regularly. Yeah. It's like, Monday is National Brownie Day and Take It to the Ear Day. <laughs> take it in the ear day. What? What? <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, so and, Tuesday is Christmas Card Day, National Pastry Day. Wednesday is Human Rights Day. And Thursday is National Noodle Ring Day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. December is write a friend month. Yeah. So happenings. Bottle Rocket Cabaret comes to Cousin Andy's tonight, seven thirty to ten thirty. Yeah. Also we have Chris Mahana Kwanzadon. That's coming up tonight. I, I you know, in the past <laughs> I've been able to say it, but I Yeah, you're out of out of practice. Chris Mahana Kwanzadon. It's a celebration of all the winter holidays. Okay, and, is that actually a word or is it made up? Around um, here. It was, I, I've heard, actually, I've heard that it was from elsewhere. I, I heard from someone else who created the event, you know, or co-created the event. They came up with the name, but th- I think they heard it somewhere else. 
But I've never heard anyone other than us using it over at Guy House. It's, what is it? It's Chris Monaquan's and on. It's a compilation of all the different holidays, and it's a celebration. It's coming up tonight. Oh. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs> it's live music. There's going to be Candy Davis, uh, Christine Bauer and the Kindred Trio, uh, the Dibs for live music. It's also going to be plenty of food. Got a bunch of shopping to do this afternoon. And lots of good times over there, over at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois. It's uh, it's a $10 admission, but there's a $5 discount for students and a $5 discount uh, for Guy House members. Uh, students who are also members get in for free. You know, So if you're a student and a Guy House member, you get in for free. And, of course, you get a $2 discount if you bring two non-perishable food items for donation to the Good Samaritan Ministries. Yeah, because, you know, it's a season of giving, so we get to and, give back. To... And I was at a presentation that their food pantry is up 47% above their five-year average. Yeah. Well, that's... So there's there's a great demand. Yeah, the need is there. And if, if we bring the food to the events, then we'll have it to share with them. Saturday, the Carbondale Community Farmers Market at the Carbondale Community High School, 9 a.m. till noon. That is in the north entrance, indoor. The Winter Farmer's Market is here. Yes. Also, coming up, the Human Rights Vigil. Uh, coming up on Saturday at noon at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. Now, that's related to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It's the 66th anniversary of it. So, they're and celebrating now that. more than ever, we need to declare that humans have rights. Yeah, humans do have rights. The uh, UN was actually just complaining the other day about... Human rights in the U.S. It's <laughs> so just like we need to remember they're, they're looking into you know brutality in the U.S. like they have in other countries. Yeah, so everybody has rights. Everybody's lives matter. Black lives matter. And that is at noon at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. Saturday, the lights fantastic parade. Last year, the parade was canceled due to the weather. Yeah. That means that we have twice as much celebrating to do this year. <laughs> oh, that's going to be quite a night then. Yeah, it's like, so there's the parade. A lot of ta- businesses have open houses along the way, so you can stop in for hot chocolate and um, stuff. Yeah. So, also, the most important thing for me is the alternative gift fair. Hmm. I really love this idea. It's the 10th annual you can basically you're buying three presents. Yeah. Number one is you're making yourself happy. You're buying stuff for other people. You're buying it from a nonprofit to give a present to someone else yeah. or for yourself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But the idea is you su- your money goes two ways. Right? It yeah. goes to the nonprofit and it buys a present for your friend. Yeah. So it's, it's a dual purpose and you get to go there. They have snacks, they have music. And you get to talk with a lot of different nonprofits and find out all the good stuff they've been doing. And there's nonprofits from every genre. Yeah, that's a fun event. And you get to check off about half of those green giving tips we mentioned earlier. So yeah, that's all happenings we've got for now. That's plenty to keep us busy for the weekend. And if you pick up any newspaper, you can see more information about the alternative gift fair. Again, live music. I forgot to say where it was. It's on Sunday. Yeah. 2 to 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. That's the biggest place in town we can do this. Yeah. Because it keeps getting bigger every year. And that's the biggest place to be able to do anything of this size. Yeah. 
So, special opportunity to enjoy a wonderful holiday, engage with nonprofits, help the nonprofits, buy presents, listen to music. What else? I heard there was going to be cookies. Ooh, even cookies. Yeah, it's like <laughs> everything else and cookies. <laughs> yeah. So, stock up on your money, help nonprofits, and buy some gifts. And some of the stuff, I mean, like, um, you can buy a chicken for a needy family in another country. Yeah. Or, you know, anyway, there's, Lots of I'm excited. I'm yeah. gonna, We're excited. Like, then. We'll be excited. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see you there. And we will definitely see you here next week on the radio. Happy holidays. <laughs>